Now, oh, fuck it. Say, Sam, my baby, won't you lay your hands on me? Mirror my malady, transform my tragedy. Got a curse we cannot live. Shine when the sunset shifts. And the blood loss tanks and the grave gets late My body's frayed, God, I like it My heart's a flame, my body's straight God, I like it My mind is changed, my body's frayed God, I like it My heart's a flame, my body's straight God, I like it Charge me your day rate I'll turn you out Gonna teach you tricks that'll blow your mind, real mind. I'll recognize your hideous thing inside. Ever there was a lucky can. It's you, you, you. I know it's strange. Another way to get to know you. You'll never know unless we go. So let me show you. I know it's strange. Another way to get to know you. Got till noon, here comes the moon Let it show you, show you now Feel me completed Down in my core Open your arms and let them weave on yours Feeding on fever down my door Open your heart and let it bleed on yours Feel me completer down on all fours I'll show you what I want Bring out Ben and Gabe. 
It's the Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Gabe Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben, live for the first time ever from G-Man Tavern in Chicago! David. Hello, man. There's David Ben. Two things that Herb Rosen loves the most: acoustic gigs and podcasts. <laughs> He's like, he goes, really? You're doing a podcast? And then he goes, really? You're doing a live podcast? Can I make drinks? <laughs> That's not what happened. I know I was a. And not a fan of the idea of you playing a whole set before we did the podcast? You, you should take the mic off the thing, because you're giving me a Stephen Hawking vibe right now. We're a little stiff on these things. You say well, I, I say you take the mic off. It, it feels good. I like it. Try it. I'm going to break it. Hold on. Yeah, you're going to break it all right. So, what were you saying, Ben? Uh, thank you. I hope this is going to be super complimentary. Uh, yes. Okay. I was going to say, I, was, I, was, I kept saying, no, 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 we need to do the podcast, and that builds up to your live set. Like, that's what everyone's going to be excited for. Well. But I will say now, I feel better because I feel like people probably feel like they got their money's worth already, and we could just do whatever the fuck, <laughs> and nobody cares. I disagree. I think people have seen me do plenty of acoustic sets. Not like that. Like, that I was mean, amazing. Should, no, Am no, I no. right, everybody? No. Was that the best? We, what? Anyway, people are here to see you and Gabe. Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. So Gabe, how was the drive? You drove from Florida? I drove from Jacksonville, Florida, all the way to meet with the people out here. Now that, you're, now that you're outside of state, state lines for Florida, you're allowed to say whatever you want about that fucking DeSantis? Just because he's running for president now, that you can't tarnish the whole state. I don't tarnish no. Illinois yes, for their high taxes. Really? You're going to bring up high taxes? Listen, I can't afford to come back here if I wanted to. Come on. I'm not trying to be a rep- I'm, not, I'm not on the you, side. You're, of- you're making everybody turn against you. No, They're no, excited. I'm just, I'm just saying. I had a long drive. I, I rented a car. I rented a car to get here. Uh-huh. I'm on 65 coming up right outside of Nashville. Yes. And the accelerator pedal on my car stops working. I'm not shitting you. I'm on 65, going 75 miles an hour. And I'm like, why are we slowing down? I'm not hitting the brakes. The Maybe pedal. you just couldn't reach the accelerator. No, hey. Wait. Hey. It's a short joke. <laughs> Our first short joke. That's racist. It's heightist. It's not racist. It's close enough. <laughs> but Listen, I, that Steve. car, you rented that car? This is the stupidest car I've ever. No, first of all, was, Gabe doesn't let, let me drive ever. But he's, he's not a good Chicago driver. He's a really bad Chicago driver. He's, you're bad Chicago everything. I don't, I don't know the shortcuts like you. I haven't lived here half my life. So I say, give me the keys. He's like, uh, gives me the keys. But it, there's no gear shift in this fucking thing. It's a button. It's like a, the window. You roll up the windows with this button. You turn it on. You park. You go in neutral. You go and drive. It's the buttons. Have you heard of this shit? I don't know. It's stupid, right? It's so stupid. It's, you, don't, you don't feel the gear shifting. You just hit the button. That's it. All right, so you had a story. 
Well, anyway, I had to I had to exchange the car because I'm not driving this thing for a week in the Chicago area with no gas pedal. So I, I had to drive. I sucked. I, I had to slow down, pull over to the side on the interstate, and then call Enterprise and say this car sucks. <laughs> and what they say? They said we'll, we'll we'll send you an Uber and a tow truck and just wait in your car. I'm like hell no. I'm I'm gonna try and drive this thing. Where, where's the closest one? What time was this when this happened? This is. This was like 5 o'clock in the evening, and, and it's on a Saturday. There's no Enterprise open. I had to go to the Nashville airport to exchange the car. It sucked. Now you're on his side again, aren't you? <laughs> but anyway. I, so you drove for two days. Yes, drove for two days. And now. you listened to Iron Maiden the entire way. I'm, I made a playlist of Iron Maiden songs, the longest Iron Maiden songs I knew, because I needed some time to, to relax and just jam to Maiden. What's the longest Iron Maiden song? Is it still, still Rhyme and Ancient Mariner? Well, I think there's something on uh, Book of Souls. Brian would know this, maybe. There's a, like a 14... 14- no, he, no, he said fuck off to Iron Maiden a while ago. Anyway, they got some 10-minute songs on the last album. There's like three of them. And then uh, Rhyme with the Ancient Mariners, 13 minutes and 33 seconds. Something like that. 13 minutes and 45 seconds. Yes. That's the number of these. So we have Brian Blockinger. Is, uh, does anybody listen to Lifers, the podcast? Okay. This will be a lot more fun if you listen to that. Uh, you don't listen to it. I listened to the Kyle Kinane episode because he talked about me a lot. <laughs> yeah. Good. So Brian is here. Brian's been on the show. Herb's here. Herb, you got to stop with the... With the... The, the blending. Herb's here. Uh, Lauren is here. Thank, Lauren thank you for doing. We got Steve Rydell in the back. He, doing the from, from everybody's favorite episode, our Genesis deconstruction. Steve was on the Genesis episode. Okay, that's the, wow. That's, that's extra. The last loud. fruity drink for at least forty-five minutes. Holy shit! So. Steve is here. He did the Genesis episode. Yes. That was our fifth episode. Was it? Yeah. We've done 3,000 episodes since then. <laughs> it's, it's Mr. Sleeve. Yeah, it is. It is like a morning talk show, except we're not in the morning. And, and everyone's favorite, Justine, is right there. Now, here's the thing. She shouldn't be there. She should not be allowed. Because when we came up with this idea, not my idea, by the way. It was Eddie's, Eddie? our manager's idea. Justine goes, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, it's a live podcast thing. She goes, people go to that shit? <laughs> and I'm like, not you. You didn't believe in me. And now look at these people. They believed in me. Yes, I know. I'm here for a game. <laughs> There's a couple more alumni out there. You missed a few. Who? Kelly Way is out there. Kelly Way is out there. We just saw uh, Jill walk in there. There's... Mahmoud is, is here. But he, he was a panelist. He wasn't actually a guest. Oh, that's right. He didn't want to be a guest. You want to be a guest now, Mahmoud? Fuck no. <laughs> Gabe, ha- have, have you done anything unpunk this week? Oh, you're going to put me on the spot now? Here we go. Steve, hit the Unpunk Gabe theme if we're going to do Unpunk Gabe, Unpunk Gabe, Unpunk, Unpunk, Unpunk Gabe. Unpunk, Unpunk, Unpunk Gabe. Oh, wow. 
Is that Ben's voice doing that? Yes, no, it it's is. Ben's voice doing the. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, Lay it I, on a string bean. So I've, I'm, I'm shopping, trying to find some shoes. Of course, I got wide feet. The first ones I bought, I had to take back. Those kind you don't have to tie anymore. You can just slip them on. Uh, I'm the old man now. I, I hate tying my shoes. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to save three minutes a day for the rest of my life. That's, that's a lot of time I can save. But the shoes stretched out, and I didn't fit right. I had to take them back. It's always about shoes with you. Were Shit. these the vegan shoes? At the same place, the same place. I shoes don't eat, by the way. I know, but... Okay. So I had to take these shoes back. I'm like, can you take these shoes back? I wore them for a day. They, they fit like terrible. They hurt my feet. Yeah, we'll take them back. Pick another pair. I get this other pair, just the same ones, but now they have shoelaces. But they hurt my feet. So my wife says, oh, I used to work for a podiatrist. Here's what you do. You buy these insoles, and you put them in your, your shoes. You know what I'm talking about? The ones... This is pretty unpunk. So I bought these insoles. We got them the next day. She cut them down, fit in there, and they don't fit in the shoe. I, now it doesn't even fit. I can't even wear the shoes with the insoles. This is unpunk. Wearing insoles? That's, in, that's unpunk. Who thinks it's unpunk to wear insoles? Not me. I wear insoles. What? And you know why I wear them? Because I was jumping up and down for years in uh, Converse. And then Chuck Taylors. And then you get the, what, the, the fucking bone spurs. That's punk. Insoles are punk. No. Insoles are punk is wearing them and not wearing insoles. You don't have insoles, do you? Old yeah. man? Yeah. 53-year-olds? I could not. I, it, I was like 34, and I could not walk because I had those. Man, you don't want spurs. Okay, on punk Gabe. <laughs> that was a good on one. Punk Gabe. <laughs> Very nice, Steve. Very nice. Gabe and I went for lunch today at uh, a Mexican restaurant. Thanks a for the invite, fellas. Mexican restaurant. <laughs> well, we, uh, we'll we we'll get to you. We went to El Barco, which is Spanish for the Barco. And and Gabe Gabe's looking through the menu, and I'm like, what are you doing? I know you're getting the cheese enchiladas. Why well, are you wasting our time? It was what, did you, what did you get? Well, I had to look at the menu. Everything's in Spanish. I don't know Spanish. <laughs> Who, what kind of Rodriguez knows Spanish? So bonus, what did huh? you order? Enchiladas. Uh-huh. Enchiladas. And then he had the choice between vegetables or fries. This guy, fries, yeah. Fries. Can't go wrong with fries. No, the look on your face, you were so excited. Crinkly fries. Now, wasn't that better than fucking Chipotle? Today, it was better, yes. Most real Mexican restaurants are better than Chipotle. Exactly. But... In a pinch, Chipotle is pretty good. I'm glad you said pinch. Because <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Chipotle is not bad. Ben, you've had it before. I have had Chipotle, yeah. Do you speak highly of it? or do you? No. <laughs> Come on. But, <laughs> Scott? Uh, yeah, if there's nothing else around, sure. You never had it? I'm, I'm not, no. Never had Chipotle. Well, that's going to change tonight. Oh, yeah? Oh, yes. Ooh, what? Is that what you shoved under the table before? Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. We might need some napkins. We got some prop comedy. Yeah, Gallagher we one or two. We're going to need some napkins. Okay, so this is a Chipotle burrito. All right, you know, Nash Cato from uh, Urjovikil calls burritos dung bags. And I cannot bring myself to eat a dung bag, but I'll do it for you. Mm, yum, 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 yum. Oh, no! 
That's what it's supposed to look like. It's how much did this cost? It's like $9.99. Unless you're in Chicago, it's probably $12.99. Too much. All right, okay, I'm going to eat this. The whole thing? Avert your eyes. Scott, is that what you do? You unwrap the whole thing? Oh, are you not supposed, oh, you're supposed to keep it in the thing? Yeah. Thank Uh-oh. you, sir. Good thinking. Which side do I go? Dong bag. That's right, disgusting. Top side. There we go. Chemical warfare. Fifty-three years. Fifty-three, almost fifty-four. This is like one bite. Everybody knows the rules. You eat burritos almost as well as that Dave Portnoy eats a slice of pizza. It's fine. You're right. It's fine. It's good, isn't it? Ow. It's pretty good. Is it good? It's watery. Okay. Right? It's a little watery. Because apparently there's every fucking ingredient on the planet in this thing. A lot of rice. What's up with that? You can say light on the rice. You can do whatever you want. Have it your way. Thank you, Gabe. All right. You're welcome. Well, that's that progress. Later. That's a beautiful thing <laughs> when that happens. Wow. That's mine. Don't touch it. We're going to be selling these used mugs and what's left of the burrito afterwards at the merch table. All right. Um, All right. Uh, Anybody have any questions for anybody? I feel like if you're going to ask a question, you should do a shot with Scott. We should do the one shot with Scott, but it should actually be an actual shot. One shot with Scott. Okay. One shot one, with Scott. One shot with Scott. No, as many people as want to ask <laughs> questions. One shot with Scott. All right. Who's got a question? We've got a, I've got a mic that I can bring out to the audience if anyone's got one. I think we can probably hear them. Oh, all right. <laughs> I was just thinking about broadcasting this later on our Oh, that's podcast. right. We are recording this. So you will hear yourself. Come, come over this way a little bit, sir. I don't want to walk all the way back there. It's been a long day. That's a nice shirt you got there. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's one vote for Maiden. Yeah, there you go. I don't see any replacement shirts. You lose, Ben. All right, what do you got? So this may be a noob question, but you mentioned this at one of the last Metro shows. How did you get banned from the Metro? Is that a story you can tell? In this banned from the metro 20 years ago you said you were banned from the metro for a while and then you were unbanned and then you played shows might have been a joke but <laughs> there was one night that uh flicker stick was playing at the metro <laughs> yeah and i was uh, obsessed with that bands on the run show so i was obsessed with flicker stick and i was like i'm gonna fucking party with flicker stick and i partied with flicker stick and then I tried to get in a smart part of the guy. He's like, no, 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 you can't come in. So then I went to, what was the, 
bar that was it was it was Wrigleyville Tap, and then it turned into something after that. Which one? Fuel. So when it was fuel, so wouldn't let me in a smart bar, so I walked back into fuel and I threw up all over the floor and said, fuck you, fuel. And so, yeah, that was about as close as it came. Cheers. I made this. One shot with Scott. Are you getting a shot, too? I think, yeah, good. Yeah, that's the whole idea. You got to. Any other you questions? Have a shot. No? We got one. Oh, yeah. Another shot with Scott. One more shot. Uh, obviously, this is up to your discretion. Who is the worst celebrity or rock star you've ever had an interaction with? Flicker stick. <laughs> Fair enough. Any, any others? Come on. We need another shot for Scott, though. I don't know if we need, but okay. Best Michael Shannon story. Best Michael Shannon story? Yeah. Uh, ooh. I don't know. I don't really have good Michael Shannon stories because I'm always so drunk. Cop, cop car. <laughs> oh, okay. Here's a good story. So, so uh, it was it was what game of of the game five, uh, game five of when the Cubs were doing the World Series. So they win. You said the Cubs. You said the Cubs were doing the World Series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's right. They were doing the World Series. Okay. Uh, and so th- they win game five or whatever and Kelly's like Mike's Mike's at uh, Wrigleyville not Wrigleyville Mike's at Old Oak not Old Oak Old Town Mike's at Old Town Alehouse see it's working and and she goes I go we'll never get over there and she goes I got something a cop we get into a cop car cop car goes I'll drive you over there he puts on the siren and we're just it's the best night of my life and I'm screaming out the window, get the fuck out of the way. And the cop's like, shh, quiet, you know? <laughs> so we get over there, we walk in, and I'm like, Mike, what's going on? He's like, hey, Scott, yeah, yeah. That's not a great story. But that's what happened. It was a fun night. Cheers. Cheers. Well, you can listen to the Michael Shannon uh, podcast I'm episode. Sure. You've got a good story about when you went to the wrong address. Oh yeah, up. yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's that was embarrassing. Been there, done that. That was terrible. I listen to the podcast. I love it. I presume all of you do too. <laughs> yeah, that's what I like to hear. Um, and a few times, Fleetwood Mac, and the albums Rumors and Tusk have come up. And Scott, you've talked about like a night you were out, and the, it was like what should be played. Right. And so. I have a story because, I mean, because I remember a night that you suggested which one I play. Right. It was at our house. It was a Saturday night, a pretty good party. Post-pitchfork. We Post-pitchfork post party, right. yes. Great guest list, the, great The people. tenth time that uh, the <laughs> National played. <laughs> yes. Yeah. As opposed to the 25th. And so it was all going great, and then it started pouring. And we were, we were, like, people were outside on the roof and outside on the balcony, and so everyone comes inside. So I had to decide what to play next because right. we had an opportunity to play an album. You were sitting in the living room, and that's where I was going to press play on it, and I wanted to play Tusk by Fleetwood Mac. Uh-huh. <laughs> because... It's a good one. It's got some great shit on it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and you said you should play Rumors. 
right. night. I don't know if you remember. It, I do, but <laughs> that was when like the hipster thing to say was Tusk is better, and Tim was like, "Yeah, yeah. yeah Tusk is a better record, right?" I'm like, "Fuck no, it's not better. Every song on Rumors is brilliant." Yeah. And only Tim Edwards would say that Tusk was better. I thought I said it, but you did exactly say it. I, I like to blame everything on, on Tim. It's okay. Yeah, well, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Because of the story when you thought I had Tusk at my house, or rumors. No, that had nothing to do with you. Well, what are you pointing to me Not for? Not everything has... I've never owned the record. I told you I never owned the record. <laughs> and I was right. Why are you getting so upset? I'm not upset. I'm just saying. I told you I never owned the record. God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Herb's going to make a fruity drink. Have you had... The, so, Herb, you used to make these at Raw Bar. Yeah, a few doors, few doors down from here about 30 years ago. Well, actually, more than 30 years ago. Um, and, yeah, uh, strawberry, blueberry, raspberry, banana, daiquiris, or margaritas, and they're $12, and... When you guys get bored, just come up and we'll interrupt when you, you when you get bored. When you get bored, what kind of confidence is that? Are you going to have a... You're, you're, making, you're making blueberry, right? Yeah, I'm making a blueberry. Exactly, yeah. you, you got the banana? You got blueberry banana. It's got a lot of potassium in it. What? A lot of potassium. If you have If you have blueberry cereal, Gabe will have one of those. No, it's booberry, right? That's what I said. Booberry's good, almost as good as Frankenberry. Oh, you got Frankenberry. Right, how long is this? How long is this <laughs> gonna go on? That was not part it's of okay. the setup. Normally, we have the uh, L train during our podcast. That's true. So this is fine. This is the new L train. Normally, we do. The what? That's yeah. right. That's right. You do need. This proves it's a live podcast. It worked in rehearsal. Rehearsal. I wasn't invited to a rehearsal. No, you weren't. No, you guys were too busy we, we at lunch. Like, we like you fresh. <laughs> Cheers. So how long did you work at Raw Bar? Hey, hey. I worked hey. there from, let's see. I worked there from 1989 until right before we opened Liars. Like 1989 to 1995. Uh, and I, we started, I left there in April of 95 and we opened Liars in June of 95. In fact, two weeks from... Thursday will be 28 years. Wow. Nice. So tell me, was the uh, the alligator really alligator? Uh, yes, sometimes. But when they ran out, many times it was pounded out chicken. <laughs> pounded out chicken. It really was, it I love that. Was it pounded out, turds? <laughs> All right. Gabe, who's on the show tonight? Gabe, who is on the show tonight? Are you really asking me who's on the show tonight? I think I'm kind of really asking you who the guest on the show is tonight. Am I supposed to say who the guest is? Well, I'm not in on the joke here. You're not in the... Well, I wasn't in on it until about three hours ago. Hey, yeah. Got, yeah. I got somebody here for All you. All right, well, bring him on. Hey everybody, it's Holy Chips Enough! Fucking shit. Hey! Oh!
you should see her face. It's not even my birthday. Oh, yes, it is. Chip, how you doing? Pretty good for my age. Good. Hey, good to see everybody here. Thanks for coming hey, out everybody. tonight. You know? So check, Ben, check, check. like we, we we would have like Jill Biden on the show. Doctor Jill. Doctor Jill, and Ben would go, Doctor Jill, what do you think about enough's enough? You know. So he always brings up enough's enough. I'm, I'm very flattered. I've been doing this for a long time, and it's always nice to be recognized. And uh, congratulations to you as well. <laughs> ben had no idea who the guest was, was really going to be. We told him it was Herb tonight. All night we're saying, oh, well, how is Herb going to get on the stage? What's he going to do? And Ben was really disappointed. He was like, Herb's the guest? Oh, again? All right, Ben, here he goes. Um, what do you got? Nothing? I had a lot All of right. questions for Herb. Uh, <laughs> Chip, how do you how do you keep doing it year after year? Uh, it's a blessing from above. You know, I put this band together in 1984. We were kids, just graduated from Brother Rice High School, and uh, was discovered by a guy named Doc McGee. Doc McGee used to be. Oh yeah, you worked with Doc. Yeah, so I was in uh, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Skid Row was doing their first record. We were in there uh, doing our demos, and uh, Doc came in. And uh, we gave him a couple cassette tapes. That's how old I am, folks. Yeah. So I gave him three cassette tapes or two cassette tapes of some of the demos that we did. And Doc came up to me two days later and says, I got three cassette tapes in my car. Two of them are enough's enough. And I said, oh, thanks. I appreciate that. We were just, and we had no jobs, no nothing. We had no dough. We just graduated from school. And he says, I got a friend of mine. His name is uh, Derek or Showman. Showman used to be uh, the lead singer of a band called General Giant. And I think that he just uh, would be interested in hearing some of your music. He just signed Cinderella and Bon Jovi. So the, and those bands were hot at the time. Yes, And I said, were. oh, that's great, you know, and I just played it off. And then a week later, we got a phone call from uh, the record company saying, uh, we want to see your band. So we were rehearsing a dress rehearsal down here, Donna Monica Greylis's place on Grand Avenue. Uh, Don, we just lost him, God rest his soul. And uh, we were smoking pot all day and hanging out with Veruca Salt and Smashing Pumpkins. Everybody was rehearsing in this place. And he came down. It was a disaster of a, a, an audition, if you want to call it. Uh, we, we weren't taking ourselves seriously whatsoever. And I think he liked that. It really tripped his trigger. And as I said, we, I just I had a job. I was working at U.S. Steel with my father. And I uh, got a phone call the following day after this disastrous audition and uh, they offered us uh, $250,000 to make the first record. Nice. So, yeah, so we went to Lake Geneva and ran there's guys in Skid Row and, and we're making records so at the exact same time. Why Lake Geneva? Uh, our management company uh, thought it was in, a, in our best interest to get us out of Chicago because we, <laughs> right. we uh, our band always had a propensity to get in trouble at any uh -huh. single moment. I've heard stories, and, yeah. And, we, and they're true. Yeah. And I think we found ourselves in a position where, uh, you know, let's not confuse motion with progress. Let's make a record and not be uh, smothered by uh, any outside extracurricular activities. So we started making the record over at the studio, and we did everything in like two weeks. Yeah. And I remember we were getting kicked out of there because um, uh, who was it? Uh, Jane's Addiction was coming in there. They were going to mix their record. Nothing shocking. Herb's a huge Jane's Addiction. I fucking I, yeah. listen. I we we followed those guys. He in hates. The he hates. James we James followed James. those guys in the clubs in the early days. You know. Yeah. And uh, we took that record and we uh, and we we it took us about five months to get it together. You know, set everything up, and a record company sent us up over at a, with a guy named Rick Krim at MTV. 
And Rick Krum was a big fan of pop bands. He loved Bad Finger, and of course he loved the Beatles. Who doesn't? Right. And uh, he just uh, had a band on there called Jellyfish. I don't know anybody who heard yeah. that there. I, I love Jellyfish. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he goes, I want to help your band. I think you guys got something special. So you guys are right up his alley. Yeah, and he goes, I want you to make a colorful video, real flamboyant. So we got this guy named Paul Starr to come out, and he put the lipstick on us and makeup. And, uh -huh. and we looked pretty good back then. We were chiseled. Had no, we just started getting money, so we were still thin. Yeah. And uh, we, we started making, uh, we started shooting the video. And we shot it in a couple of days, and then MTV started playing it, and the rest was history. What well, was that, Fly, Fly High Michelle? Or no, thing? it was a song called New Thing. It was New Thing, okay. Yes, yeah. so that was that was really the catalyst for everything for us because as soon as we did that, then we got a tour with Badlands and started going out with Def Leppard and all Jakey the big Lee. bands and playing. Yeah, Jakey Lee. Yeah, yeah first day he came <laughs> and he hated my guitar player, Derek Frigo. God rest his soul as well. Derek from Chicago. Right, his yeah. father was the late Johnny Frigo, wonderful of violinist, played with Comp Basie and Billy Holiday and everybody. And he was, uh, it was funny because Jakey walked in, he didn't like us because I guess they were both dating the same chick. Uh, and which is understandable because, yeah. you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a slim little pond that we're all swimming in. <laughs> and, uh, I, and I said to him, I, my wife just had a daughter, and we had a beautiful daughter together. And I said, I got a little girl named Tara. And he goes, I just had a baby too. So we got along. The first day it was great. He hated my band, but he liked me. Right. And then we were able to go out and tour and watch those guys. Those members of Kiss that were in that band too, the drummer was uh, playing in Badlands at the time. Who Eric. Oh, it was Eric. Eric Singer. It was, yep. right, right. Yeah, so it was a wonderful band. We went on a tour. We did about two months with those guys. And I, I had Tetracycle and the Ruth Myosin, because in case anybody caught the clap or anything, we had medicine. <laughs> so I was a doctor on the tour. And I remember, yeah, the guys in the band were like, hey, man, you got any of those pills? And I go, listen, you can't. Back in the old days, if you were taking any kind of uh, penicillin or antibiotics, you can't drink. Right. And I said, you guys shouldn't be drinking with that. They're okay, it's all right. And I had 50 of them in two different bottles, and I went through them in one month. I had to call my mom and get more pills. Right. Don't drink, no. but getting the clap is fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you guys were, like, marketed as, like, glam metal, right? And did you hate that? Because well, you did you see, see yourself as a more in the vein of like Cheap Trick and the Beatles and well, stuff? Well, we are like that. Yeah. But people were listening with their eyes instead of their ears when we came out and we were wearing our sister's and mother's clothes. We had fucking scarves and a hat. Like I dress right now. Yeah. Except I'm 30 years older. Yeah. So we were real colorful, real flamboyant, in which I'm not ashamed of whatsoever. No. And that was, if I didn't do that and I came out like we are you too and just wearing t-shirts and stuff like you're dressed like right me. now, you're like maybe like we'd me. be exactly. huge right now and I, and I may not be here. I don't no. know. No. Trust me. If you dress like me, you're not going to be huge. I think you've done pretty Pretty well for no, yourself, well, I okay? Think you've done, uh, let's not get into this. No, so, the colorful thing really helped. It was really good for us because MTV was looking for bands that were flamboyant. Right. So when that video came out and all the peace signs and the colors and stuff and psychedelic things, uh, that tripped their trigger. They were really happy they started playing it. But it was the fans that spoke. Yeah. And people were calling in MTV and going, hey, we like this band. This is great. Play that video again. So that really, I that, that was the spark that started yeah. everything for us. It really was. New and, Thing was the first song. And I remember the cassettes everywhere. Like you'd go yeah. into the music store, of course. You know, to, you know, buy guitar strings. They were like, yeah. When we were shooting that everywhere. video, Charlie Fleischman, the voice of Roger Rabbit, used to be Carvelli and Welcome Back, Cotter. Yeah. He came down to the shoot, you know, to where we're shooting the video, and he goes, "Hey, where's the band?" I go, "It's me, it's Chip." <laughs> he didn't recognize me for all the lipstick and the makeup and everything that we had on there. And then we did the video, and it was such a huge success that it, you know, we we overlooked it. But then we started seeing people and listening to people saying, "Ah, these guys, you know, they don't have any substance." It's 
just a colorful band and you know, they don't have the, what, what it takes, but all our constituents, the Aerosmiths, the Cheap Tricks, all those guys, they all loved us and they still do to this day because we stayed true to our craft, you know, writing good songs about everyday experiences we all went through out here. And that's what it was all about the end of the day. And if you listen to our records now, by the way, folks, not to brag, but 21 records right now, Enough Snuff has. It's fucking insane. It's fucking insane. And... And the nothing last, but hits, nothing yeah, but hits. Yeah, and the last record uh, came out last year. Yeah. I mean, I listened to it, and I'm just kind of like, what? Where do you, because, like, Catastrophe yeah. is um, it's the best thing. That could be a local H song. Ah, well, I don't think so. <laughs> it's the best thing you've ever done. I mean, it's Thanks. great. I mean, wh- how? Where do, you, where do you come up with it? Um, the songs, John Lennon said it best. He goes, all the songs are already written. It's up to us as musicians to find them and bring them down to the audience. And that whole record is pretty much uh, my lifestyle, what I've done through my life, through my whole career. So I look at lipstick on a glass or a, a joint and an ashtray, and those that inspire songs. It really does. Uh, the biggest fear for any musician out there is running out of fucking songs. Let's right. face it. It's, it's, I'm doing another record right now, as a matter of fact, and the label's going, oh, come on, let's get this done. You know, we, need, we want to get it out there. And I'm going, I've put four records out in the last year and a half. That's a lot of work. It's, it is. But then he's looking at Billy Corrigan. He just put a record out with 30-something songs. And I go, wow, that guy's yeah, pretty Yeah, but there's that's no catastrophe profound. on that record. No. <laughs> I, I, I believe me. Yeah. <laughs> Don't sling mud when you live in a no, glass no, house. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. But, but, all right. So, I mean, for me, like, I, I know that, like, the days of me getting a song on the radio are over. You know? Like, accept it. I so, like, where do you find, why do you still want to write hits that, like, exist in a, another plane? You know what I mean? I mean, it, it's, why not just sell it to... to God, well, because I want to trip my own trigger. I'm still alive, and I feel good about where I'm at as, as far as in the music business, still making records. There's still, we have a label, so we still push this stuff out there. Yeah. You got Vivo, you got uh, YouTube, there's, there's avenues there. And there's movies, soundtracks, TV shows, commercials, you just don't know. If you don't come up with songs, uh, you're, gonna, you're gonna confuse motion with progress, you're not gonna go anywhere. So I wanna put music out there, and plus the mu- people that wanna hear new songs in a, in a, a different way, maybe uh, the, I'll have something that, that moves them and it catches their attention. I do it for myself though, and, yeah. and if it passes the test of time that I turn on to the audience to that stuff. I'm not putting shit records out there, and not to sound unmodest, folks. <laughs> I really want the songs to be as good as they can be. Right, right. And I, and honestly, like you know, I mean, it, the records sound better than you know, like than the new thing record. You well, know what it, I mean? It you just... know, I went out and I got, I went to Chris Diamonds. He's a, he, I produce the records with a guy named Rob Pose, and he does all kinds of punk rock stuff. So I thought that was a good dichotomy having a punk rock producer along with me who does pop stuff. Then right. I went, and when I finished the records, I go to this guy named Chris Diamonds here in Chicago. He's got a studio called Stonecutter Studio, and he does hip hop and rap and rock, but he, he also did Kiss and Alice Cooper and Cheap Trick. He does all kinds of great stuff. So I thought, I'm gonna get this guy to mix the records. So sonically, they'll sound great. Smart. They sound like today. Yeah. And it costs a little bit extra to do that because I do most of the records. I have a studio on the south side of Chicago. I live in Blue Island and with three kitty cats and my wife. And I make the <laughs> records there. That's what I do. Every, yeah. And I, I produce tons of records. I just did the Midnight Devils. I did Joey Ramone's nephew, Steve Ramone. He just, he just came out of the record on Pavement. 
I did the Marquise record that should be out pretty soon. So I try to stay as busy as possible helping other artists as well as myself. Right. So you, you, are you tight with the Pavement Cats? You do a lot of stuff with them? Uh, I don't. What I do is I give them bands and they don't and they say thank you. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And no, there's no financial. Well, fuck them. Yeah. No one's wetting my beak. That's for sure. All right. So here you had a song. Now this makes you more Chicago than just about anybody. But you had a song in Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yeah, isn't that strange? Uh, it's fucking great. Yeah, I was, I was friends with this guy. Thanks, you guys. Uh, I, I didn't know that was going to be a cult hit around the country. I had no idea. We were just trying to find any avenue to where people would pay attention to our band. This was 1985-86. So you, we I couldn't get any gigs. Happen. We were opening for Cheap Trick and BTO and a guess who. Anybody will come through wait, town. Wait, 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 BTO? Yeah, BTO, Bachman Turner Overdrive. Uh, yeah, I, I know what it stands for. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I, I remember saying on the microphone, I go, oh, Don, I asked my brother Donnie, I go, remember these guys, Don, they, were, they used to be huge. And Donnie goes, they still are. They were real big guys, you know. It probably wasn't a good thing because we never got called back for another show with them. But uh, my friend Steve Jones, who used to work with Sticks, he was he had a band. Not that Fawn. Steve Jones, but Steve A. Jones. Steve A. Jones, right. yeah. He says, um, we're doing this movie. Uh, you, wanna, you got any songs? I said, yeah. And the only one I could think of that would fit with fingers on it. Yeah. And I knew Michael Rooker was in the movie, and I know I didn't know how it was going to be put together, but I knew there was going to be a couple of good cats in there. So we gave him the song, and then it came out. We were excited, but they spelled the name wrong, and everything it wasn't. It was spelled E N O U G H, and the but we, guys, we were just happy. People got it when they heard the music, and they got oh, just the misspelling on it. Didn't matter, and that really helped us a lot. But it didn't get us a deal. We didn't get the deal until we went to Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and ran to Doc McGee. So just going to Lake Geneva is basically what gets you a deal. <laughs> I think it was good for us because we found ourselves in a position where uh, we were always doing, there was always cocaine around the band, okay? There was all these drug dealers. And as a matter of fact, go I, used on. To, I used to run into these, I used to run into, I, I, go, I couldn't find my band back in the old days where we, there was no cell phones, so I'd have to go to the local drug dealers and find my band. That's a good and, system. And I'd walk in, and I'd see all the backstage passes, like Smashing Pumpkins, Local <laughs> yeah. H, Cheap Trick. They were all... Don't out us! All, all these laminates were on the, on the walls of these girls' houses that would sell us our drugs. And so uh, we knew we had to get... We, I've never had a girl drug dealer in my life. I don't know what you're talking about. So we knew we had to get out of there, and it was a good place for us to go to. It was real desolate out there. Lake Geneva is pretty big right now, but yeah. at that time, it was just a, a recording studio, and it was a hotel, right. and then a couple little shops. That's where they did the Omen 2, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. We made the Omen 3 when we were there. <laughs> Wait, a quick little story. So we're in Lake Geneva. We're, we're doing the record, and my brother and I, we, t we went and stole a horse. Because we had no You car. stole a fucking horse? Yeah, we, we love horses, by the way, okay? So we stole a horse, and we went through the Burger King parking lot in the middle of the night, both of us on the horse. And the people, we walked out, and we pull up on the horse, and the window opened up. We said, yeah, we want to get a couple of burgers. And they're like, well, you got a horse right here. And they go, well, yeah, that's the only transportation that we had. <laughs> so, and then we came back. We took the horse, walked down the street, and went back to, those, to the studio. And then Donnie, his idea was, let's bring the horse into our hotel room. So we snuck, Donnie was an idea man. Yeah. So we snuck the horse into the hotel room. Was shitting all over the whole hotel room. It was, 
it was it was awful. And then uh, they found out about it. We had to bring the horse back, and we we're going to go to jail. And we brought the horse back. They were going to kick us out of the of the hotel, but we talked yeah. them into it after they seen our bill because our food bill for one month was eight thousand dollars. <laughs> we were ordering steak and filet mignon. We we never ate like this before. Right. And we just would call up room service and say, yeah, bring, yeah, bring us some steak down and bring some trim too." So what know? did you order for the horse? Is the question? Nothing. We took all the right. horse back after shit all over the place. We had to bring it back. And we we actually got in a lot of trouble. We almost got kicked out of the place, but we were able to. Uh, we stand the punishment and we uh, we sweet talked our way into it. We still had another month to make the record. We had to mix it still. Yeah. So we ended up finishing the record, and then from there we went back home and waited until it was time for us to shoot the video and go out and tour around the country. Right. You stole horses. I don't know what to say. You stole horses. Yeah, and the horse was not harmed, by the way, okay? We were petting it and kissing it. It was so beautiful horse. I love horses, okay? They're great. Hey, what do you do with the horse after you get it in your room? If I... <laughs> Nothing. It was just sitting there. Everybody's laughing. We're all in there smoking pot with the horse, you know? It's like ridiculous. It's, it's like something you see when you're tripping. Yeah. Uh, we don't need these mushrooms anymore. So what was the best tour you, you've been on? Uh, I'd probably say going out with Def Leppard. Fuck yeah. Yeah, it was great touring with those cats. We do a 40-minute set. They pay us 25 grand a night. It's, it's good money. It's, what you make. And it's we a good gig. See, we didn't see a penny of it because it would go to the accountants. <laughs> because and management knew horse, that we had a, It went to your horse Management budget. knew we, the band had some problems. So they said, okay, well, all the money goes to the accountants, and then we, we'll pay you guys to pay your rent and stuff, and yeah, you're wherever you're right, That's exactly. how it was. And we lost hundreds of thousands of dollars that way, okay, because no one was paying attention. We were, uh, you know, the inmates were running the asylum. Even though we had great management, no one cared. It right. was just so, so many bands that Doc McGee was managing, our day-to-day -day guy, Bob Brigham, he was just like trying to stay alive himself, trying to keep the guys off of drugs every day. And I never found drugs, by the way, folks. Lucky me, although I did smoke pile, I smoked more than Cheech and Chong, but I didn't do anything else. I found myself really focused, and so I knew if I was fucked up, the record company wouldn't deal with us. So I constantly kept myself in a, in a good position where I can talk business and be able to get through it. And then I relayed a message to the other guys, and we were able to, uh, to you know, not, to hide our, right. our, our terrible behavior. Yeah. Um, uh, here's a question for you, Chip. Uh, so you spent many years um, with Donnie playing, you know, singing lead and writing songs with you, and then there was Johnny Monaco. At some point, you thought to yourself, I'm just going to do this myself. I don't need I don't need a lead singer. I can be my own lead singer. Was there a specific thing that happened in your brain or out on the road or something, or was it a oh, long, I never gradual process? I never thought that, my friend. Are you kidding me? I didn't want this fucking job. <laughs> I, I enjoy writing songs with my brother and just singing harmonies, and once in a while, I'll, have to sing, I'll step up and sing lead vocals to give him a break during the show. I didn't want to be the lead singer of Enough's Enough. I'm not ashamed to say that. I, you know what? Who gears up a band for failure? I want us to be successful. Uh, but in 2013, we went and did a tour in England. Donnie was out of control. He couldn't stop uh, his, his substance abuse problems. And so after the end of the tour, uh, he goes, I'm going to move in with you. And I go, that's impossible. You can't do that. And I love my brother, you guys, but I just couldn't have him move in the house. I'd be thrown out of there. I was renting yeah. the house. And the, and the landlord knew that he had a propensity to get in trouble at any moment. He says, that's not a chance I'm letting this fucking guy live in the house. And I go, so Donnie, you can't live there. He goes, fuck it. You're dead to me. And uh, I'll see you on the other side. And we hugged, and that was it. And I, I came back home, and uh, I said, well, I don't know what I'm going to do with my mother, who I lost a couple years ago, but we were very close. And she says, honey, you've got to sing these fucking songs. I go, I don't know. Yeah. I, you know Donnie's got such beautiful pipes. He's a wonderful singer. And she says, you can do this. 
So I, I corralled a couple guys. First, I called the guy, uh, Tony Fennell from Ultravox. And I said, hey, uh, you want to play with me? And he goes, fuck, mate, I, I've always loved your band. So he flew to Chicago. We had a rehearsal. It sounded great. Yeah. And uh, we said, we can do this. And uh, that's, that, was, that started off for me. I, I really didn't want to be the singer in the band. Once I got my feet wet and I started going through and playing shows, then I started getting more confidence. Right. And I realized maybe I can wear this dress. And I wasn't uh, ready to give up the name Enough's Enough. I thought the songs are strong. We have a great catalog of material. Maybe something could happen down the line where the other guys can still get a payday. And so I kept working, and I started getting shows. You know, I got Ace Freely called me from Kiss. He goes, you want to do some dates? I said, yeah, I'd love to. He goes, I got 20 shows. I go, let's do it. And then I got off that tour, and I was working with, I was hanging with Paul Stanley at the Whiskey A Go Go. We were doing uh, the rock and roll, uh, what do they call rock and roll fantasy camp. And this is where all of us here, could, if you want to play with your favorite rock stars, you pay $6,000. Yeah. You learn songs for three days, even if you're not a talented guy. And then after your third day, everybody goes on stage and plays at the Whiskey A Go Go in front of a big, huge, sold-out crowd. And Paul Stanley and I were standing backstage, and nobody else was there. And Paul says, uh, hey, you want to you open for Kiss? And I go, yeah, I'd love to. And he says, well, I asked you guys a couple of years ago, and your agent said you couldn't do it. And I was embarrassed, and I because you never say no to Paul Stanley. And I said, well, perhaps uh, we were doing a record or something. We were busy. He goes, oh, would you like to do it now? And we're going, in a couple of weeks, we're going to go out and do this uh, big cruise, and you guys can play four shows with us. I said, I'll do it in a second. Didn't even care about money or anything. He goes, okay, great. Give me the phone. And he called uh, Doc McGee. He goes, yeah, I, yeah, Chip and the boys are going to do it. Okay, see you. That was it, and, it was, and that really helped us. And then that started lift, elevating our perception a little bit, and it gave me more. And we played those shows with the whole fucking band, Kiss in the front row, watching us. No drugs, no smoking, no anything. We were just really straight and focused. And Gene Simmons came up to me with with uh, Paul and said, "Chip, you sound fucking great. You should have been doing this ten years ago." Nice. And that, that I think that helped me a lot. And then we started getting more shows and working with everybody and doing records and putting music out there and touring around. I just finished a record, by the way, folks, with Anne Margaret, 81 years old, Anne Margaret. Wow. And me, Pete Townsend, uh, Joe Perry from Aerosmith, all of us playing on her record. And I got to do a duet with her. That's like a bucket list for me. All right, so what's the best band of all time? Beatles. The Beatles? What's yeah, the best Beatles, Beatles record? Well, you won't agree with me. I know that uh, George Martin wouldn't agree with me as well. Uh, the White Album. It's the best album. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Well, they were experimenting back then. They were doing, you know, mushrooms and, and acid and smoking pot all day. And they took a chance and, and just stepped out of their box. Right. Well, I mean, everything is on that record. Yeah. Like, you don't need other records. That's, that's it. Well, if I was on a desert island, I would that be one of the records. Desert Absolutely. Island. Speaking yeah. of desert islands. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Speaking my language. Gabe's got a question for you. All right. I've, you probably never listened to the podcast before, but probably. all the guests we've had, the hundreds of guests we've had, we, we ask them all the same question. If you had to pick between two bands, and I'm hoping you're on my side on this one, but I'm not going to try and sway you. You had to pick between two, between two bands on a desert island that you could listen to. The Replacements or Iron Maiden? Well, that's a silly fucking question. Are you kidding me? I hear you. Everybody in this room would say replacements. Are you kidding Whoa. me? Yeah! Bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. That's a foul. That's a foul. I remember replacements. We were playing in, uh, in, uh, at the Ritz. They were playing the Ritz. And uh, Donnie and I, 
We're across the street at Battery Studios. We were making a record, and we, we'd have the local drug dealer come by and drop off a quarter pound of pot every single week for us. Dr. Dre was I'm, in one room. I, Dr. Dre was doing the. All of your Dr. Dre was in the studio doing the chronic. What? what? Honest to God. And, and we heard him. We go, and this is great. And then uh, and this guy that was uh, doing all the Def Leppard records, um, his name was Green. And he said, um, uh, you guys, if you're looking for pot, there's a, a guy you could call his telephone number, and he'll deliver the pot to your studio. You know, we don't know a lot about New York. We're just learning about New York at the time. And then, so <laughs> the guy came by with a big, huge sack of pot, and we just picked the kinds that we wanted to, and we were smoking. And then one of the girls uh, one of the, that worked in the studio, she says, oh, the replacements are playing across the street. So we thought we were big enough stars. We could just walk right in there. And the guy said, what are you guys doing? He goes, oh, we're playing a career across here. He goes, it's a $50 ticket. I go, come on, bro. We're down. We're across the street recording a record right now. So he let us in there. And I went right backstage immediately to go say hi to those guys. And I really like the replacements a yeah. lot. They're way ahead of their game. And I remember telling the bass player in the band, uh, Tommy Stenson. Tommy, I go, yeah. I go, I play in a band called Enough Snuff. I don't think he gave a fuck, which is okay. And, and I liked him more for that, okay? And uh, I yeah, said, he, he goes, fair, oh, yeah. Tommy doesn't give a fuck about He goes, you're the bass player. So. I go, yeah, I play 12-string bass. So I got it from Tom Peterson. He go, and that was it. That was then, it. Then he started liking me. We started right. talking about all kinds of stuff. And yeah. They were fabulous live in concert. No tapes, no sequences, no synthesizers, nobody backstage, just the band playing. It was raw, and, I, and it was sold out, too, by the way. They were a fabulous band. And I've always liked those cats. I've been friends with Tommy ever since. Yeah. Yeah. Better than Iron Maiden. Right? No, 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 no. I thought for well, sure. Well, Iron Maiden does have one thing special. They have a, after they get done playing a show, the singer goes and gets on a Learjet and flies his band to the next gig. That's true. Not many bands do that. Not many so, bands. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So have you ever heard about this game called Cards Against Humanity? No, please explain. Uh, it's a card game where you try to come up with the worst awful answers. Would you like to play it with us? Sure. All right, Ben. Let's bring out the card. Look at, I can hear Herb go, oh, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Bye, Herb. Nobody cares. This is our first live podcast, by the way. So congratulations. We don't know what's going to be. Congratulations. Okay, so you guys know about this game? All right, this is either a terrible idea. According to Herb, it's an awful idea. There you go. Fuck all right, so we're going to play this game. And Ben, I need you to be more of a game show host. Okay. We're going to. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Live Furs Against Humanity. I've got a bunch of uh, cards here that have uh, a statement on them with a blank. Uh, word, and then each one of you gentlemen have ten cards with uh, things that you can use to fill in the blank. So I'm going to read a statement, and you guys each pick uh, the card that you have that you think works best with what I've just said, and then you'll uh, read that out loud, and we'll see the audience will, 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 will based on the audience reaction, we'll see who wins the round. Yes, right. But you're supposed to pick yeah. a funny answer, right? No, no. As serious as you can get. I don't think that's right. Hold on a second. You're giving me bad information here. I don't know if I don't know if Chip knows how to play this game. Do you know how to play? No, but I'm willing to try. Yeah, yeah, but give it you a shot. Tell us the Chip's rules not the afraid right to way. try things. I just told Gabe, you. Apparently, 
Chip's not afraid to try anything. Well, Gabe, as we know, you are always intentionally funny, so you're going to just pick funny answers. I'm going to pick the funniest a... thing. Yeah. Like you're supposed to. Good. Okay, good. I, I hope. All right. Are, are you ready for this, Gabe? I played this game once before, and I think they were picking the funniest answers, not the best answers. They're picking the funny. He's fucking with you. I hope so. I don't want to do this wrong and pick the dumb thing, and I get no, no applause. It's all pretty dumb. Have you looked at your cards, by the way? I got them. All right, here's the first one. There's a lot of things I don't know. You guys ready? Here. Yeah, try, to, ready. try to fill in the blank as you, best Chip, you can. Chip, are you ready? Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome to Chili's. Would you like to start the night off right with blank? <laughs> Scott, you got one? I do. <laughs> what, what is it again? Hey, guys. Welcome to Chili's. Would you like to start the night off right with... My black ass. <laughs> nice. Yeah, okay. Chip. Hey, guys. Welcome to Chili's. Would you like to start the night off right with... The screams! The terrible screams! <laughs> Gabe? Hey, guys. Welcome to Chili's. Would you like to start the night off right with... Swamp ass. <laughs> I think Chip gets that right. Yeah, I think so. I didn't get that reference. Is that a movie or something? No, he just sells it. That's what he does. This is, this is working. It, fuck her. All right, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do five of these, all right? Five. Four more. Let's do five yeah. and then, yeah. Okay. You know, we got an hour and a half to fill here. Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the doors, and there is blank. Gabe, you got one for this? No, I need some time. Okay. The church and the steeple, what? You got, you got some of that Jeopardy kind of like time music? Are we, are we, yeah, we ready? We don't need Steve. You want to go again, Scott? You want to go first again? Yeah, I'll go first. I've here's the church, here's the steeple. Open the doors, and there is... Lumberjack fantasies. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. I could have done Grandma Come, but I went with Lumberjack Fantasies. Grandma what? Come. Grandma Come. Oh. Isn't that the drink that Herb's been making all Yes. Yes. Thank you. Chip, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the doors, and there is... One fucking trillion dollars. Right on. It says fucking... <laughs> Gabe, here's the church, here's the steeple Open the doors and there is I got no chance against these two I got fake tits <laughs> Sounds like Gabe Sounds won like the Gabe round Alright Alright, can you give us another card there? Yeah, yeah, these are, uh, these are, these, I No, found... no, I mean another card oh, for us to have. Oh, fuck, okay, yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, 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 I get it. You got somewhere to go over there? There you go. Blank, high five, bro. Uh, I don't like this question. What? Blank, high five. Blank, high five, bro. Chip, you got one? Well, I think so. <laughs> Drinking out of the toilet and eating garbage. Yeah. 
high five, bro. Okay, Gabe? Oh, oh, Scott? Morgan Freeman's voice. High five, bro. Wow, he gets booed. Booed. It's a rough crowd. Grandma's come. High five, bro. No, no, you don't get two shots at it. <laughs> Gabe? How does this work? I say it first? You, you say, say it, it first, apparently. A bitch slap. High five, bro. What? Hey, 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 hey. No booing. No booing. I've been booed on stage too many times. Have you? I've been booed. Wow. Ask Scott. So who won? I don't know if anyone won that round. <laughs> that's that's Grandma's fair. come? That's fair. Scott, you got it. Grandma's come. So it's we're even at one apiece. We got two more to go. <laughs> two more, three more, I more need cards. Oh card. yeah, you need another card. One more Chip, card. would you like a burrito? No, thank you. Okay, it's <laughs> correct answer. Mama Mia, here I go again. My my, how can I resist blank? That was for you, Scott. It's an ABBA reference. I know I got it. <laughs> uh, I can't do this, but I'm going to. Mama Mia, here I go again. My, my, how can I resist? The Underground Railroad. <laughs> hey, there's no booing. That wasn't good. We're cutting that one up. Fight the power indeed, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I think I lost the card. Uh, Chip, Mama Mia, here I go again. My, my, how can I resist? Dirty penis breath. Elliot. <laughs> Gabe Rodriguez, Mama Mia, here I go again. My, my, how can I resist? Kayaking with my sluts. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's a runaway. That's point number two for Gabe Rodriguez. Okay, we got one more to go. Let's I think I got the advantage because I'm going last. Oh, what do we got? We got yep. two for Gabe. Two for Gabe and one each for you. And No, no, I got zero. I got nothing. You got grandma's cum. Uh, I do have grandma's cum. All in my hair. I, I use it for, you know, shell. Yeah, it's good. All right, here we I mean, go. not my here, grandma's Here's cum. a nice music. Your grandma's cum. Three gents in the music industry, here you go. After four platinum albums and three Grammys, it's time to get back to my roots, to what inspired me to make music in the first place. Blank. You guys all Blank seem like dance. you have cards. What do you have? Oh, this is going to be good. What is that again? What's the question again? After four platinum albums and three Grammys, it's time to get back to my roots, to what inspired me to make music in the first place. Colon, blank. Did you say colon? I did. <laughs> the prostate. Nice. <laughs> Chip, after four platinum albums and three Grammys, it's time to get back to my roots, to what inspired me to make music in the first place. Being a dick to all children. <laughs> Admirable. Gabe? 
After four platinum albums and three Grammys, it's time to get back to my roots, to what inspired me to make music in the first place. I don't have anything good here. The bombing of Nagasaki. (laughs) (laughs) That might be racist, I think. Is it? I don't know anymore. I'm going to give it to Chip, so that means Chip and Gabe are tied with two. Scott, you're out of it. Let's do, let's do one do more. Do a tiebreaker. Yes. Tiebreaker. Yes. Tiebreaker. Here's one you more card for You guys got time for, for a tiebreaker? And one more, ta- right. one more card for, for Gabe. Okay. Here you go. Gabe and Chip. Uh, hey, guys. I know this was my idea, but I'm having serious doubts about blank. <laughs> Gabe? No. What? I want Chip to go first. Okay. <laughs> uh, hey, guys, I know this was my idea, but I'm having serious doubts about... My clitoris. <laughs> pretty good. I am, too. Gabe, uh, hey, guys, I know this was my idea, but I'm having serious doubts about... All the dudes I fucked. <laughs> All right. I think Gabe wins. Gabe wins. Sorry, Chip. <laughs> but Chip came up pretty close with his clitoris. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for coming, everybody. And thanks, Chip. Chip's enough. Every- Thank you. Oh, I love Thank you, you so love much. You. Love, love you. you. I love you. Thank you. Thanks to Gabe. Thanks to Ben. I hope you don't feel ripped off. Thank you. You gonna play another song, Scott? Uh, I can play another. Do, do you do you want to play a song? You want to play a song, Chip? Oh, I only got one guitar, buddy. So you're gonna have to do it. Yeah, Chip. Chip's gonna play a Fuck. song. Yeah. came about it suddenly I live without it turn my stereo up louder I don't want to hear about it took myself a small vacation kind of an investigation checking out a new sensation finding much invigoration hand is on the buzzer and I'm walking through the door Worry, worry is your answer 
If you like, your rent goes faster. Nursing all things make them last. The way we did it in the past. When everybody's telling you, you ain't got no respect. So get high on a new thing. Get high on a new thing. Everybody here lives to be 100 years old. I mean, the best thing to happen to you last year would be the worst thing to happen to you this year. God bless you all, okay? Scott, thank you very much. Chips and up, everybody. Thanks a lot for coming. Gabe's selling merch. So if anybody's see. interested, I got some posters and some mugs and some lifers vinyl if, if you don't have it by now. And burritos. We made some posters. And, and a leftover burrito. Thanks a lot.